takes the pills. I'm on painkillers. No. I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm on painkillers today. Yeah, yeah. You have to take these pills. The new, the new ones I'm handing you. Okay. Nah, mate. Let's just pop, pop one in. (laughs) Here you go. My, my hand is reaching through the screen and coming out. It's holding a pill. It's sna- my hands snaking up into your mouth. Your mouth parts. My, ha- my hands in your mouth make mouth sounds that sound like my hands in your mouth now. And you swallowed the pill. And now you're sleepy. Yeah, that's everything I wanted to talk about ukulele. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bit's not staying in. <laughs> if I can't explain what it is, it's not staying in. <laughs> You're listening to Podhaven. With me, your dying inside host, L.O.D. Cunningham. I'm joined by, as always, those people who still haven't got the the memo on saying the names. Last last time, George tried to go first. I will go last from this point onwards. Alright, so we've got that set in stone now. (laughs) I'm I'm Josh, Josh Rivers. And I am George Johnson. Alright, we'll get there. We're getting that. We've got an action yeah, plan now going forward. Three episodes there. in, we know Andre, how to do the well, intro. T- to be honest, we did kind of fall asleep for an entire month, so you can't blame us. Oh, yeah, hibernation's like yeah. some serious business. We've we've just kind of been sort of snuggled up in a little in a little corner somewhere for a month by accident. Oh yeah, I was. I mean, I was completely paralysed for that whole... Like, whenever whenever we're not recording the podcast, I just, like, completely switch off. Like, my body just won't move. I can see and hear everything going on around me. It's quite torturous, actually. Can, how are you consuming? Terrible. <laughs> I don't really know right, how else to respond to that. we want to start off with our first thing now? Yes! Yeah, George. So <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you went to um, you went to a thing. So at the beginning of like this month, fifty years ago. Yeah, we would have talked about it sooner, but we didn't. Um, so <laughs> at the beginning of this month, um, I went to uh, EGX Res twenty seventeen, which is um, the um, the indie sister of um, EGX, the big main games exhibition in the United Kingdom. Um, uh, so I, I, I poldered along uh, up up from Bournemouth to um, to the Tobacco Docks in London to play some indie games and talk to some people. Oh, you went to Tobacco Docks? I went to a um, I went to a convention there called Hyper Japan, oh, which was good. Oh, sweet! Which oh. actually, I I wrote an article about that as well. Well, go check that out, listeners. It was the it was the one about indie music. I mean, indie game music. Yeah, that I launched off from talking about the fact that they had um, the Yoko watch ending song playing on loop very loudly in the entire hall for the entire 
duration Sweet of the event. Fuck. And it's not a good song, but... Oh no, that's less than ideal. But yes, uh, Rest. <laughs> um, so, um, it was really good. There were lots of really, really cool games. I have a list um, s- prepared somewhere. Um, <laughs> prepared, <laughs> but not here. <laughs> well, it's still in the vault. I really should have opened this up beforehand, but it's fine. Um, so, um, I, I, I caught up. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about uh, people I caught up with. Um, so, uh, I've written a. I, I mentioned I mentioned them briefly in uh, my first article as articles covering uh, last year's EGX Res. Um, I met um, the developers of Pool Party, um, uh, Mike Robinson and Angus Dick, um, who were both very, very lovely, quirky people. And uh, I met up with them again this year, and they're both doing really well. Um, They showed me some secret things that I'm not allowed to talk about because they weren't technically... Like Angus's dick. I was going to ask, are you giggling at the name Angus Dick? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Angus. I know you're listening for sure, for real. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm alright now. Just God, get, get, get Eddie, you're so mean. I'm sorry. I, I actually can't stop giggling. Oh no. You're so mean. <laughs> oh dear me. I mean, to be honest, the way you said it was quite funny. I, I. There was, there was, there was, was a lot of a. Uh, there was a lot of oomph on the dick. Yeah, you did put most of your emphasis on the word dick. That's because Angus is a man that must be given oomph. Okay? I bet you were giving his dick some oomph. They're talking about sex. Listener. Sexual intercourse. So you can't talk about you can't talk about the things they showed you in the dark room. Uh, um, what next? Fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm. Oh. They showed me secret bits of a project that they're working on. Um, that it's looking very good. I'm not allowed to to discuss it though because. Uh, I think they're under embargo on their own project at the moment, or something. Uh, embargo? Whoa! <sighs> Fucking I'm <sorry>. what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's alright. When I have a pun, sometimes I have to do it, or I'll forget it, and it will make me sad. It's okay. We're a very nurturing environment here at Indie Haven. You know, when I had to take all that pain medication, I figured I was going to be the disruptive one. <laughs> I'm not even trying, I'm sorry. Uh, so, I, um, I found the list of video games that I played that were really cool. Okay, ah, cool. we've got the list. Excellent. Yeah, so, um, Ethereum Cyberstorm, uh, which has been out for a bit, as far as I can tell. Um... Or at the very least, it's been shown around in shows a lot. Um, it's kind of like if you mixed Towerfall with Geometry Wars. Mm. It's okay. Re- it's actually, I, I was a little bit sceptical. It didn't look like something I'd particularly enjoy, but I had a lot of fun with it. 
um, you have like a select. You, you can choose from a bunch of different um, kinds of ships with their with different weapons and different speeds, different um, amounts of armor, and then you're thrown in these small um, arenas um, with power ups littered around, and okay. um, you speed around really quickly. Firing all these big, ridiculous, explodey guns and using all these abilities that spread bullets around everywhere, and it's it's very fast paced, very entertaining. All right. Okay. Um, I also, uh, yeah, um, that was very fun. Is it and single or multiplayer? Uh, single and multiplayer. Yeah, I would have assumed based on the description it was multiplayer. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that actually sounds quite good. I didn't quite. I couldn't quite picture it based on the initial description. Yeah, definitely go look it up. It's really cool. It, the the aesthetics are very vibrant and neon and 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 colourful and fantastic. Uh, Would and you I say spoke... it ends up being like a um a uh, competitive version of a bullet hell style thing. Yeah, that that's very much what it's like. Ah, cool. It's really really interesting. Hmm. Uh, I spoke with the developers at the event. I'm going to try and get my hands on some keys for the site, and when we start doing live stream shenanigans, that's definitely something I want to get us all playing. Hook me up, fam. Yeah, um, I'm. It's something we might have to wait for them to implement um, online multiplayer with, because at the moment it's only local. But they're working on online. It's just online is a bitch to code. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I tried doing some of that, uh, some online integration with um, fucking, what, Game Maker games when I was on my college course and it was a, an absolute nightmare. Just press um, the online button. <laughs> yes, that doing, is how mate? it press works, the online Josh. Button. You, just, you just push the online button. It's at the top. Yeah. On the right. Right next to the offline button. Yeah, you, you click the wrong... I'll tell you what you've done. I'll tell you what you've done. You've clicked the wrong fucking one, mate. Oh, well, shit. That, oh, no. You clicked oh, the wrong fucking one, then. You clicked the um, offline button instead. Is that what no. happened? Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. So, another game I played. Yep. Milk Made of the Milky Way. Oh. Um, Is I put it a video like up on my... Nintendo Switch game? Hmm? Is it like that one Nintendo Switch game? Because that's the only the milk that they related. Have. No, it's not. It's not like that one. No. Um, oh. uh, I put up. A, I put up a video of me interviewing the developer on the Indie Haven YouTube channel, which you should totally subscribe to, um, because there's going to be some awesome content on there soon enough. Um, there's still two more videos from EGX Res that I need to. I still need to edit and upload. A couple more interviews. Uh, very cool stuff. Um, Milk Made of the Milky Way. Um, it's uh, developed by a, a lovely man called Mattis Folkstead, um, in which it, it's a sort of um, very much inspired by the classic LucasArts point-and-click adventure games. Right. Um, it's got a bit of a Monkey Island vibe to it. You are a, um, a, a you're a milkmaid in the fjords, and um, the opening of the game is you. Going around and tending to your um, your cows and and your and your your mountainous um, basically um, like grasslands and making cheese and butter to sell in the Being a milkmaid, basically. Being a milkmaid, doing milkmaid stuff. Um, doing and it's being milkmaid. And it, it it opens up and it's really cute. Um, and um, fr- um, the entirety of the narrative, so all of the all of the text is told in in rhyming couplets. Ah. Which is a rather cute little addition, but it, it really, it really, it, it makes 
and the entire game is told in rhyming couplets and it's it's a, it's a, a relatively bulky game which is quite impressive um i don't know if that would end up being a bit grating after a while i, I think I games have it... tried it before i don't yeah. know how well they were received uh, I Can't played remember. it for a good hour, and it never really got old. Mm. For it me depends personally. on how long the game is, I guess. Um, I still need to play it in its, in its entirety, and I'm probably going to review it. Um, mm. But So you're doing your milkmaidy things, and um, you wake up one morning, and um, you walk out your house, and there's a giant metal thing in the sky that's hovering around. Um... And it goes into the field where your cows are, and you go into the field, you're like, what is this giant metal thing? And it starts sucking up your cows. Oh, not again. And be- because, a uh, big plot twist, it's an alien spacecraft that's, imdu- that's abducting your cows. Shocking. Um, so, it, sort of, um, it flies into a canyon um, that gives you the opportunity to jump on top of the ship. You then climb into the ship and go on an adventure in the Milky Way. I'd have just got more cows. So it's sort of like, um, it's it's sort it's like Monkey Island mixed with, um, what was? Oh, I completely forgot what it's called. Hang on a second. Milk clues. Um, book, space, Douglas Adams. Oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's like um, it's like. Monkey Island meets Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but you're a milkmaid who speaks in rhyming couplets. I can see, I can see how one might struggle to describe that. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult to describe, um, but it's it's really really entertaining. The um, the puzzles are, um, st- are still about as quirky as like old LucasArts puzzle games, but they're not as um, absurd. Um, they're a little bit easier to get to grips with. Um, yeah, it seems like that's going to be really exciting. Mm. Cute. Yeah. Um, there, I've got a couple more games, so I probably won't mention one or two of them just to keep things going along. But um, Four Last Things is one I definitely want to talk about. Um, yeah, the thing happened again where I thought you meant you were going to talk about four more things at the end. No, there. no, I mean the <laughs> video game that is called Four Last Things. Mm, I remember you bringing it up before. So... If you've ever watched Monty Python's Flying Circus, yeah, you'll mm-hmm. you'll you'll have seen the um, the animated intermission chunks between sketches. Ah, uh, yeah, no, um, I remember being told about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because like, it was the one with the paintings you mentioned, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's 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 a point-and-click adventure game made entirely out of animated Renaissance paintings. Mm. Um and. It was only playing the game at Rest I realised what the game was about. Um, you are a herald who has woken up after a drinking binge, realising he has committed all seven of the deadly sins. So he rushes to a church to confess his sins, and the um, the the bishop and uh, and the people at the church um, tell him that because he didn't commit these seven deadly sins in their district that he can't confess his sins at this church but if he were to commit all seven deadly sins in this district then he would be able to confess his sins at the church but wouldn't he so still the... need to confess in the other district 
Uh, no, apparently, apparently, like, you got to, like, commit the seven deadly sins in this district and then you can confess all of those sins at this church. And then you can um, just be pardoned for anything, even if it's not within that parish's yeah, jurisdiction. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but you have to do some of the stuff in the parish jurisdiction. So the Could entirety... he not just do one of them, then? No, apparently one not. One sin? Apparently like you have to commit one? all... You have to... In order to confess a sin, you have to commit it in the parish... So to confess all of the sins that he has committed all of, he has to commit them all again. And the entirety of the game is a ridiculous, weird, quirky, renaissance painting point-and-click adventure game about trying to commit all seven of the deadly sins. Point-and-clicks have really been coming back recently. I really have, and I'm very happy about that. I've <laughs> like In the last year, I've been finding myself getting really into point-and-click adventure games, so I'm very happy about this. <clears throat> but yeah, Four Lost Things um, looks really, really funny. Um, definitely going to play it for review as well, I think. Um, uh, Nest. I'm gonna Basically, this is... I'm just going to talk about the, the Left Field collection stuff on this podcast. <laughs> um, I- excluding Ethereum Cyberstorm. And then maybe Augmented Empire. I'll get onto that, though. Um, Nest. So... When I sat down and played this game, I really didn't know what I was go- what I was expect going to expect. Um, but I'm just I'm just I can't explain that. I just have to talk through like chronologically what happened. So it's a first person game, and you're walking through this basic um, like little maze. Um, so you you walk forward and then turn left and then turn right and then turn left and then turn right. And then turn left and walk straight forwards. And once you navigate through this little walking bit, um, you find a screen that looks like the perspective of the place that you just came from. And there are four buttons on the floor. And when you step on the buttons, you realise that those buttons are controlling the character inside the screen that is in a duplicate of the map that you're in currently. So then you have to control the character that you're in the map currently in to step on the buttons to navigate the character in the screen through the maze to another screen with other buttons. You then need to navigate the character that you're in to navigate the character that's in the screen to navigate the character that's in their screen to navigate through the pathway to get to another screen. And it keeps going and going and going. And it's so fucking weird, but it's so fucking brilliant. How do you how do you see after like just a couple? Difficultly, <laughs> difficultly, um, challengingly, words. What you see hard, <laughs> um, it's but just I, I I I gave it a go and I couldn't wrap my head around it, but in a very good way. And and then I just sat there for about half an hour watching other people try it out, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. It was really, really... It's such a simple and inherently flawed concept, but it was executed in a way that eradicates the flaw. But yeah, had a lot of fun with that. Now I'm going to talk about Augmented Empire. This is, this is me rounding off my thing. Yeah, still. Augmented Empire. Augmented Empire is the first virtual reality game that I have played that makes me want to get a VR headset. Try and get Jim Sterling to give you his. Yeah, Maybe all it takes is to just break him. Apparently. 
So... <laughs> Just draw a picture of him in a bikini, that'll do it. Yeah, that's the start. Yeah. So... Dear God. So, <laughs> Augmented Empire. Um, so, it's primarily using the, the Samsung Gear VR. Um, you put the headset on and it's... Um, it's a tactical. It's a top-down tactical RPG similar to Shadowrun Returns and XCOM, mm. um, and you, you're wearing the VR headset as a sort of um, shadow broker crime boss in charge of these pawns. So you're sitting at your fancy chair and you're watching a hologram of the security feed that you have from your drones or something overlooking. Um, the map where your your agents are operating, and um, you look ar- you look around to select different points on the grid of the map, and tap on the side of the headset to send your character there, and then you can tap on enemies or objects to interact with them. You can tap on your character to use different abilities, and it was really really fun, and it's the first like. It's the first I, I've seen VR. Uh, I've seen people experiment with the VR in a third-person perspective before, and it's never felt as successful and polished as that, uh, as as Augmented Empire. It's the first VR game, not only that makes me want to get a VR headset, but also makes me interested in the idea of sitting down and playing a VR game for a few hours, which mm. is. Because I've played a bunch of VR games. I've played Giant Cop. I've played... Um, for some reason, Giant Cop is the only one that comes to mind. But I've played a, <laughs> a number a number of VR games. And they've all felt like experiences that I'd want to consume in short bursts. Augmented yeah. Empire feels like an actual video game. Uh, Josh, that do you sense. want to make the joke that you were thinking that whole time? I thought he was going to say giant cock. <laughs> giant just, cock. Let's add that to the slate now. Giant cock, the VR experience, is probably a thing. Mm. Just suck in a giant cock. Well, we all know VR is going to be pretty much dependent on porn in order to survive. I mean, it because what's going to drive most of the innovation. That and haptics are going to be... They are good. Whichever one goes porn is going to be the one that actually sees success in future. And then once Let's... it's proven itself <laughs> in the pornographic proving ground, then people are going to actually be able to make like the yeah. bigger kinds of games you're talking about, the ones you can actually see yourself sitting down for long periods and playing. Exactly. Because the um, porn got there first. Yeah. I don't know why so I said it like that. All, all that will keep VR surviving in the future is porn and Ben Gachera. Um... <laughs> Much like uh, any of us, really. Much like any of us, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> if it's not one, it's the other. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, Augmented Empire, fascinating. I'm going to be talking with the narrative designer of the game because the plot looks really interesting. Uh, what they were showing off at EGX Res is a sort of um, prelude to the beginning of the game so that they don't um, yeah. give anything away at public events. It seems like there's lots of intrigue and and dystopian stuff and it's all cyberpunk and it's very fun. Um, I'm really excited to get my hands on a Gear VR um, or whatever the equivalent is for the um, for the Google Pixel. I think it's like Google Dreamcast or something, and just sit down and and play that because 
God, I, I, I want, I want, to, I want to play Augmented Empire again. I'm, I've been having an itch to play it since, since I took the headset off. <laughs> but yeah, um, overall, Rest was really lovely. Met some friends, played some games, smoked a fucking lot because it's stressful. <laughs> having so many people there, but it's good. It was fun. Elodie. Hello, it's me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, reality. So <laughs> came a bit out of left field there, I'll be honest. I'm not sure yeah. I like this. So you played you played ukulele and you did a review for it for Indie Haven. I played ukulele. And it oh, turned gonna... me northern. Why are you Northern Voldemort? <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, I played ukulele, which is uh, apparently for some reason the most divisive game of all time ever. Hmm. Mm. I have never seen a larger spread of review scores in my life. Yeah, that's, uh, that seems to be the main thing I'm hearing about it. Well, I like, gave it an 8, because I well, liked I've, it. But... I've not really looked up any of the reviews, because I honestly couldn't give two shits about the game. But, like, it, it's it's for a very specific market that I'm not part of. <laughs> but, like, I've, I've heard that it's really split its audience, and I kind of wasn't expecting that from this game. <laughs> based on what I'd heard. Well, I think it's just because it plays too um, safe with itself in a way that ends up making it feel um, like it's not progressed to the degree that you'd expect of a game so many years after Banjo-Kazooie. Mm. But I thought it was... It's contempt to merely be evocative of Banjo-Kazooie rather than trying in any way to surpass it. Yeah. Uh, I have seen some people describe it as it's everything that Banjo-Kazooie was and a little bit less. Um, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I've not actually played the game yet because I don't have any ability to. Oh, oh, before before I get properly into talking about it, uh, full disclosure, they gave it to me. Uh, Playtonic, right. just, they handed it to me and said, Doing an ethical video games journalism thing. They, they, they handed it to me and said, Oh, do you want to play our game? We're Playtonic Games. We aren't rare. <laughs> they said that. The Northern Voldemort turned up, and now you're Northern Voldemort. So, is Northern Voldemort a contagion? <laughs> is that why they gave you the game? They, they have to pass on the curse. Is that copy cursed? Yeah, it's just cursed me with the spirit of Northern Voldemort. I'll be honest, as curses go, that, that sounds like an inconvenience at worst. Nah. Well, I mean, considering I'm both possessed by the spirit of Northern Voldemort and the spirit of Griffiths from the Super Furry Animals, Welsh Indie Pop Band, the Super Furry Animals, it is a bit... Yeah. Ah, well, if, I, if I'd known that, you see. Because they, they, infamously, they don't get on. <laughs> two of them. 
I hate each other. Oh, he thinks Northern Voldemort's a dick. And Northern Voldemort thinks that he's a... Dick. Dick, yeah. I tried to think of like something else, but that was a... It's and mutual, any... is, what we're, uh, is what we're driving at. They don't like each other. In any case... Um, ukulele is a semi-open world take on the whole Rareware collectathon style made by the developers that worked on the original Banjo-Kazooie with Rares. Yeah. Yeah, you, instead of getting music notes, you get in quills and you, you get in pages and everything has eyes and a mouth and talks. Uh, there's a whole host of various Well, they don't really odd talk, characters. do they? Huh? They don't really talk, do they? Oh, no. They don't talk. Well, they, they have text boxes, and they make the most horrific garbled mouth sounds that you could ever imagine, and I hate it, but at least it... I could get past it for the fact that the game just seemed to be designed around playing well and just being fun. To just run around and do little puzzles and things. Nothing felt particularly um, overused, apart from like one or two puzzles that didn't mix things up enough when you had to do similar things again. But overall, I think there was um, just a lot of variety for um, for how many different puzzles and things there are. They managed to mix it up quite a lot. Which I appreciated. Um, yeah, it, it plays around with its core mechanics a lot to make sure that it doesn't end up getting stale. Which um, not many games that have that sort of open worldy, just running around and doing things style actually do. Quite a lot of the time, they end up just doing the same thing over and over. Well, got to put something in the map. Yeah, but um, these maps are... It's its kind of split up into um, various smaller maps and a hub world. So you have to... You use um, books, basically, to hop into that world of what's in the book. And that's... Each self-contained world is that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, um, and each of the worlds themselves are, for the most part, fairly compact. A lot of them um, are more vertical than anything else. Literally um, anything else. Um, oh. These are the most vertical things. <laughs> well, they're more vertical than they are sprawling like most open world mm. cell maps are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they tend to yeah. tend to loop in on themselves a lot, which means that um, it's never that difficult to get back to somewhere once okay. you've worked out what you need to do. So you can hop away from somewhere if you're struggling mm. with it, go and do a couple other things and then come back to the puzzle later if you work out what you're supposed to be doing there. Yeah. 
And, I did um, like the I'm idea not... of it being designed more vertically. I couldn't for the life of me tell you why I like that idea, but something about it just sort of... I like it. I, I mean, it ends up... It does end up feeling a lot more, um... A lot more tight in its, um... Map yeah, more gubbins when... per square inch. Mm, because it it means that you don't have to just run long distances to get yeah. between places. Because... You're not just running over a big expanse of nothing because the th- the things above you. you you could see it you see the way and also um there's plenty of shortcuts that you can open up between different regions to make it easier to traverse so the entire design of the game is um pretty much built to let you look around and then go back and solve puzzles when you're confident in stuff yeah. Okay. I think in in general, also the um the pacing of where you get moves and stuff is um pretty good because there's usually only a couple puzzles in each area that you can't do when you get there, and most of them are very clearly signposted that you can't do this yet. Like you're introduced pretty much before anything else to the fact that you will get new moves progressively throughout the game. Okay. They make sure you know that. Almost right away, which is um, helpful because otherwise you could end up trying to solve puzzles that you just aren't equipped with the tools to solve. Mm. As so I, I often thought... have in a lot of games. Yeah, so I thought that was a um... my general feeling to that they've just they've just kind of made quite a tight experience. Like it's not pushing the boat out to any okay. significant degree, but it's doing exactly what it meant to do. And doing it well. That's all I've really got to say about it. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, I so um, obviously this isn't based on my own experiences. Um, this is only critique I've heard from a couple of other people. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on it. Um, uh, one big criticism that I've heard is um, the camera. The camera is not ideal in places. Okay, but. It wasn't mm. bad enough to highly disrupt my experience. The worst thing is when it um, unexpectedly becomes a fixed camera. Mm. There oh are regions God, where it does that. I wish it didn't. Especially in some of them it was totally unnecessary, whereas others I could understand it. But yeah, that was um, okay. that was actually one of my biggest gripes with the game. But I um, I know they also... I played it pre pre-launch patch. They did mm-hmm. a patch just before they launched it, but I played through the game before that happened, so I actually played it when the camera was much worse than it is on the final oh, okay. build, yeah. And so okay, did most reviewers, actually. Oh, I see, okay. So it'd be interesting to see um, how the reviews of people who've played it after release differ from those who played it pre-release. That should be interesting, actually. Because um, that I'm was only... the most major patch they did based on um, the feedback they got yeah. during that period. Okay, I might dig into that, actually, and see mm. if um, any changes are um, prevalent. Yeah, the, the other big criticism that I had, the first is that it's not as optimised as it could be, and there are regions in the game which just frame depth to hell 
Uh, Most of it runs pretty smoothly, but there are places where they've obviously put too many different things in one loaded area. Right. Which mucks you up to a degree. So I don't know whether they've improved that with patches or not, but it can be an annoyance. Well, fingers crossed, I guess. Mm. Um, And the last thing is that um, there's a little mini-games that you can play on arcade machines in each world, um, which in theory should be interesting because they are basically smaller games within the game. Uh, They're all bad. Mm. They're all either boring or just downright obnoxious, and if you want to 100% the game, you have to complete them at least twice. Uh, Fucking hell. uh, And they're just... Also, it's a shame, because they are the only multiplayer element to the game, is that you can get other people... Ah, in that case, I've seen these mini-games. Ah, have you? Yeah. Yeah. They they didn't look like much of anything. They're bad. One of them was Flappy Bird. Yeah. Like, that's that's sort of the calibre. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the better ones, and that tells you something. Jesus. Yeah. Well, It's a shame, because the, the actual character who runs the arcade machines is one of my favourites. He's a slightly deteriorated polygon dinosaur who, um... Oh, yes. Has memory issues and things due to the fact that he is a very old video game character compared to all the rest of them. Aww. And um, he's he's very sweet, and I, I like him a lot. Uh, one thing I did praise a lot in my review is the character design. Because I think, mm-hmm. in general, the character designs and, like, character animations and things pretty much... You could have made this game completely without any dialogue, and you would have been able to tell pretty much everything you can tell about the characters, just from what they tell you. That's just, always good. Just yeah. from how they look and move. Expressive. The, uh, the, um, That's the, what you want. Yeah. My, my absolute favourite was, um, there's a... The salesman who sells you extra moves as you go along is a snake called Trouser. He's a snake who wears trousers. So his tail goes out the bottom of one leg and goes up through the other. And then he uses the end of it as a hand coming out the top. And uh, he occasionally talks on an oversized 80s style phone. That's a reptile we didn't know about. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. Yeah, I um, I just thought that was a wonderfully inventive design for a character and it pretty much gets across everything you need to know about him because he's a a shady salesman who who talks about himself as if he's a much bigger deal than he is shady salesmen of course notoriously wear trousers so josh yes what's you this had a, you had a bit of news that you thought about There's a bit of news. What's this steamy-weamy thing? What what is... What is steam? What's steam? What is steam? Okay, so Steam Direct... (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) 
at some point you've just got to have a short, sharp no. Uh, Steam Direct <laughs> is, is, look, is looking to be the replacement for Steam Greenlight. It's not just looking. Uh, that's, that's, what it, that's what it is. Don't undermine me! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the... I'm in charge sure here. Are. Right. Right, so Steam Direct literally is the replacement for Steam Greenlight. And I'll be honest, I don't see really a significant amount of difference other than slightly more oversight. Uh, I had... Uh, a description of what they were doing. The main concern I have with it is it sounds like a lot of the moderation is still going to be down to users. Mm. And mm. they're like talking about adding certain incentives and things to sort of encourage it. But, like, if you're letting users moderate the stuff, that can still be abused. So is it. Like, it, do- it doesn't. Is oh is it uh, is Steam Greenlight but will pay you? Pardon? <laughs> is it is Steam Greenlight but will pay you? They'll pay you money to play shit games, basically. Yeah. Are they offering financial incentive? I honestly can't remember what the incentive was. I think I think part of it was financial incentive, whether that be like money, like actual just money, or whether it's um. Like um, funds in your Steam wallet or discounts or the equivalent of like effective. Maybe I think there were vague mentionings of the vague possibility, but don't quote me on this, of like higher profile people digging through these games getting the equivalence of press accounts. Hmm. And little incentives like this. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at the description they've given. It seems like there's going to be, like they're going to make the whole sign-up process slightly more thorough. Mm. It costs more money. Doesn't it? I don't think they've actually settled on a price. I think the idea is it's going to cost more money, but I don't think I don't know if they've settled on a price yet. And there's quite a wide range of potential prices they were looking at. Yeah, just based on feedback from people. It worries me that it's. As much as they talk to um, talk to like critics of the previous system about how to improve, I mm. feel like this is still geared to yeah, like making I... making them more money in the same way that green light was, rather than it seems like they're sweeping the rubbish under the rug, rather than. Yeah, I mean, Actually like as I said, with my main concern issue. being that like it's still mostly going to be a user-driven moderation process. I feel like they've slightly tightened it up in all of the ways that ultimately I'm not sure are really going to count. Like, because mm. the ex- the extra like paperwork and involved in getting signed up, people will still do that. I think I don't think that's going to be a a barrier to the sort of hack devs and asset flippers that effectively caused this whole change to be necessary. Because, mm. I mean, we've seen in the past a lot of them do display this sort of weird pride in their incredibly low effort output. 
Yeah. So I I just don't I just don't think the marginally extra work's going to really be any a barrier to entry for a lot of them, unless I, I don't know unless like Steam catches them out somewhere in the process. But I feel I just feel like there's going to be workarounds. Like I I just feel at this point there's just probably going to be some sort of I don't really trust Steam. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the, kind that's of the, the crux, thing. isn't it? Yeah, they they let it get to this point in the first place. I'm not entirely you know, I'll believe it when I see it, basically. Yeah. What it what it um it seems like it's they've taken the user moderation of Greenlight and they've put it at the end after the games have actually released on Steam, but to counter that, they've just put it in a new bit of Steam for that stuff. Mm. Which feels like it has a much greater chance of burying um, actual quality indie games. Indeed. Yeah, it seems like it's even more likely to do that than Greenlight was, because they're just going to get lumped in the um, the shit heap. Now, at the end of the day, if you can pay people for Greenlight votes, you can pay them to moderate the site in such a way that your game gets, like, bumped up. Yeah. Like, this, I, don't, is, I don't really think it's good. Like, it's just going to take a slight modification of the existing tactics these devs have already been using. Yeah. People will still find a way to exploit the system. Yeah, it I don't feel, think it's going it to take feels, that much to adapt to. It feels like it's not it's not a significant enough change to deal with the issue, and it's actually going to actively harm people who do care about the games that they're making and are making good games. Because mm. they're not going to get on... If they're not getting on the storefront anymore, they're again only going to be seen by the people who are dumpster diving into the direct yeah. heap. Completely agree. Mm. Mm. Uh, so is that everything you want to say about Direct? I guess. I mean, I'm kind of reluctant to comment on it too much until I've actually seen it on in action, but I'm sort of... Yeah, I sort think of, it's... I'd describe I think it as it's... cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that... To be honest, I'm sitting there Same as well. Here. Hey, Josh. Yeah? What have you been thinking about? Have you got any deep thoughts? Josh's deep thoughts. What? Josh's deep thoughts. Sorry, I keep. I can't hear you over the LED whispering deep thoughts. I can't hear your deep thoughts over us talking about the fact that you have them. There's this very rude ghost who's sort of interrupting me. <laughs> oh my god! I, I was hope I was like kind of sad because in the last episode I found fifty million potential titles for the episode. Yeah. And this one I was worried I wasn't going to have one, uh, but very rude ghost is definitely it. <laughs> very rude. <laughs> so what have you been thinking about, Josh? Wentworth Miller's guilty bedtime. Wentworth Miller's guilty bedtime. Yep. Over the past couple of weeks. Wentworth Miller, actor, mm-hmm. starred in Prison Break, famously. Yes. Starred in television's The Flash and Associated Properties. Was 
Chris Redfield in Resident Evil, the one with a boat in it. Oh, yeah. The... Absolute pleasure to work with. Yeah, Revelations? Absolute... I, I daren't try. No, that's a video game. Um, it's isn't it? Isn't it also the one where they find the airfield of abandoned planes? I think the planes are involved. It's the one with the really Wesker. silly badass Wesker vo- fight. Yeah, yeah, I think that's and the, the strange one. dogs that <laughs> whose heads split into four bits. The strange flower dogs. Yes, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that guy, okay. Wentworth Miller, he yeah. has for the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I don't know why he's doing this. Like, this isn't a deep thought so much as a problem I've been having, because Wentworth Miller, okay. while I've been trying to sleep, has just been standing at the edge of my bed, <laughs> keeping me awake with, in his words, the weight of deeds both real and imagined. So it's not his guilty bedtime. He's guilting no, he's, you he's at guilt your bedtime. Me. Yeah, because I just I just opened my eyes and he stood over the bed looking at me with his Captain Cold shit-eating grin. Just one eyebrow raised, looking at me, just going, hmm. Hmm. Well, ladies and, and gentlemen. And he doesn't, he doesn't elaborate on it past that. <laughs> Like, he, do- he doesn't tell me what I'm supposed to have done. I, I guess I'm supposed... Because he knows I'm insecure about this sort of things, and so I will naturally be inclined to assume that I've done something. And that he knows about it. And so I'm just agonising over what I've done and I can't get any fucking sleep. And he knows it- it's ruining my life. I am, like, so sleep-deprived at this point. Is that he's just why you have there. to be on painkillers? Because your body's literally shutting down from sleep. Completely uh, unrelated Wentworth Miller-based incident, actually. Oh. Uh, resulted from that. He's been going around with a untested chemical ordinance. Oh, yeah. Uh, as, as he often does. Um, is, he, is he carrying it in that old jug? On, in the old jug. Yeah, the Wentworth old... Miller's old jug of chemicals. It, it, yeah, it's the one that says on the, on the side of it, it just says, old jug? Yeah. Just Except in case that you weren't sure. It's spelled it's spelt slightly wrong, but you can't cut... You know well, it's it, spelled it's wrong. Old jug, it's old spelt with an E. No, that, it's... Like ye old jug. That, that's not the issue. It's that it's spelt wrong, but you can't really discern... You know it's spelt wrong, but you can't perceive Yeah, I mean, like, if it. you actually go over all of the letters, they look right. It's a weird jug that he's got, full of plague, but that's that's not been the main issue. I'll be honest. Surprisingly, even it's not been the main issue. It's been the fact that I can't get any damn sleep because of Wentworth Miller standing over my bed, guilt tripping me. And I don't know why he's. Do- You'd think he'd have better things to do. I've, yeah. I've talked to Grant Gustin about this. Television's the Flash, and he says. <laughs> He said that while this is like a new thing for him to be doing, the general behaviour is nothing new. Wentworth just tends to make a nuisance of himself. Yeah, like, to be honest, around I know. the set, he, he he gets he gets the train down to Bournemouth sometimes. Walks into the university, and just holds his jug in the air and shouts, "I have a jug!" a lot, and then goes. Doesn't home. surprise me. He, he, it strikes kinda... me as a man who wants you to know he has a jug in a university. 
So we want to talk about some indie games that we like. That was Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Um, I'm hope. I'm hoping. I'm hoping he'll get past it. I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is just a phase he's going through. Fingers crossed. Uh, I certainly can't envision Wentworth Miller becoming an issue every other week. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. Can you happening. imagine if that happened? It'd be so fucking shit. Anyway, let's talk about some indie games. Who wants to go first? Uh, one of you ought to go first. Elegant, have you played an indie game? I... Well, the one I want to talk about isn't an indie game anymore, but it talk was. Talk about it anyway, fuck it. It well, was an indie game. All. That means back, it still counts. Back in Dinosaur Times, there was a... I you were going to say back in Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah, back in Dynasty Warriors times, where all the Dynasty Warriors are, um, well, Lubu was there, and... He saw it out, and he can confirm. Yeah, he, he can tell you. Um, there was a team of people in Japan called Team Grisgris. Alright. And they they used RPG Maker to make a horror game called Corpse Party. Which was very advanced for, like, the second century BC or whenever. Yeah. Yeah, when um, ahead of their time, way ahead of that, it's millennia. Yeah, it's amazing. Lou Boo was like, "Wow, look at this." He's like, "Shit, son." And um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they um. Since then, it has had multiple re-releases, um, like published by Xseed on various systems, the latest of which um, is a Steam release uh, mm-hmm. that has a few it has a few um, changes. It's mostly the same as the PSP release, which is the one that I played very recently. Okay. But overall, it's pretty mm. much the same game, just expanded um, story-wise to like fully capture what they originally intended. Okay. And it's a very good horror game. It's probably my favourite horror game that I've played, and it manages to be completely terrifying whilst also being uh, very RPG Maker-y in its sort of aesthetics, which is saying something. It's very difficult to make that scary. (laughs) Yeah. It's also, at turns, very funny and heartwarming. It has very good characters. And then it can also be fucking horrific. And I really appreciate that in a game. There's mm. also... Um, I'm going to find the screenshot that I took of my favourite line in the game. And I'm going to set it out of context because it is one of the best lines of all time. Are you ready? Yes. I'm ready. Uh, thanks. I'm going to go butter up my pooper with it real good. <laughs> Video I mean, games. I don't know why you're laughing. That sounds like a perfectly reasonable bit of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, the game takes place um, at the beginning a group of um, 
high school students in Japan, their teacher and the younger sister of one of the students all um, perform a ceremony that is um, supposed to mean that they'll always be friends, basically. It's just something one of them read about online. Um, and it ends up causing them to fall into this ultimate... Uh, alternate, not ultimate. <laughs> it's Ult the last. The last uh, one. Alternate dimension made up of a lot of different versions of this crumbled old uh, primary school that is full of ghosts and lots of dead students' bodies you find, and you gradually work out why all of these people have been disappeared to this place and um, what's going on, and you have to try and solve it and escape with as many of your group as possible. Yeah, I watched a Let's Play of it um, a couple of years ago, actually, and it looks... It, it was really, really fascinating. So, I, that has my recommendation as well. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd say if, if you're... If you don't particularly want to play it, I do say watch a Let's Play, because the story's worth experiencing either way. Definitely. I wholeheartedly um, agree. But now that it's on Steam, it's probably the best time to pick it up at the moment. Yes. The current version. It's also the, um... From what I hear, it's the best build of the game so far, so... That's that's good, then. Um, Josh, have you played any video games? Ah, now. Um, here's the thing. I've not really got a game, I've got a question. <laughs> a question? <laughs> that's kind of not what uh, we do in this bit. That's fine, it's alright, it's alright. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it. Here's the thing, because I have pretty much been incapable of playing games recently due to a combination of just general illness and financial year-end stuff for the day job. And the man at the end of your bed. And and Wentworth Miller, yeah. He's yeah. hogging yes. the fucking PlayStation, but on top of everything else. Mm -hmm. But, um... I played this game, it was, uh free with PS Plus mm -hmm. called um, uh, what was it? Drawn to Death or something? Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one. Uh, not sure if it's technically an in, in, in indie game. It looks to be like one of those sort of mid-tier ones, because the developers quite well, I think they were the developer behind No More Heroes or something? Or was it Rising mm -hmm. Star? Oh that yeah, sounds no, I, right. I now, I now remember. I, I now, I now remembered what what Drawn to Death is. It's um, yeah. I heard somewhere that it was a launch title. Don't quote me on that. It's, like, I can't um, remember. Ex I can't exactly remember any details around the game. It's published by um, Sony Interactive. Um, it's developed by. <laughs> it's developed by um, the Bartlett Jones Supernatural Detective Agency. That's a bit uh, different. Which is the name they're they're branching the, out. <laughs> the studio name of um, it, it's the name of David Jaff's studio, um, who he he's made Twisted the Twisted Metal series and has also worked on God of War. What the fuck? What did I play that was Rising Star then? <laughs> it's all just blending together in my mind now. It's just a miasma of. 
painkillers and Wentworth guilt. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, anyway, it's not the point because I, I played the game for about as long as I could play the game for and not get bored, which wasn't long at all. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like it's just it's just a sort of very shooty sort of multiplayer that you just shoot each other but I really liked the idea of it because you're basically drawings in a bored kid's notebook yeah it like just all those, all those quite... weird re- yeah. stupid drawings that you'd do as a kid because you were just bored shitless yeah I've seen a, I've and they seen a and people... they all fight and it was a yeah. really adorable concept that I just wish had more to it yeah, I've seen a couple of people play online, and it does. It looks. It looks from from a creative standpoint. It looks quite interesting. Um, it feels that in practice they, it's it's something that like that general idea could have been explored better in a different in a different medium. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So what the, what this brings me to the question. Essentially, cause what the discussion I wanted to have was. Has what games have you played where you've really wanted to like it because of something it did or like the concept behind it, but just never clicked with you? Like, mm. like what what games have you played that you wish you had liked or you wish that had been done better? That's a very good question. Well, I'm gonna start off, and this isn't like my final answer, but um, Skyward Sword. I just wish that game didn't have bad controls, as we discussed. Ooh. Oh, Skyward Sword. You sound a bit choked up. Oh, I am. I'm really sad, because I fucking love the story of that game. I just want to be able to play it without it killing me inside. I just want to be able to see more gear of him without having to put up with the game. <laughs> I have a game. I have a game. You have okay. a game. That I wish was done better. Well, fuck me. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I, the only video game I've played in the last month is Call of Duty World at War. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for a myriad of reasons, um, most notably depression. But that's not the point. The point is, mm. um, a game I so I was so desperately excited for the con- like because of the concept and what they were showing off and um, the potential um, and when I played it I was incredibly disappointed. Have either of you played the video game Brink? Brink? Oh, I've not played it Brink. but m- my dad bought it for £5 in Morrison's and, Yeah, it's not worth and, that much um, And he tried to play it and he didn't have an Xbox Live account Yeah So he gave it back Oh no, he didn't give it back He, he, just, he just put it in the bin because you couldn't really sell it to anyone. No one was. I buying remember it. seeing a bunch of trailers for it, but I never saw it actually come out. <laughs> it looked so exciting. That was the first video game that I pre-ordered. Oh my god! Yeah, I was Ooh. just so excited. I was like, "Oh my goodness! It's like Mirror's Edge, but you can shoot guns, and there's really in-depth character customization. Ah, this is everything I've ever wanted." And it was executed so fucking poorly. Seven, like I think, like not maybe not even, but I think a maximum of seven maps. And the campaign was those seven maps 
playing both sides on those same seven maps. Um, it was it was purely designed around the multiplayer, which was pretty lifeless and empty anyway. The guns didn't feel weighty. The character character customization was severely limited. Um, it just felt really hollow, and the parkour wasn't like the 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 environments weren't mapped well with the parkour. Like it felt like there wasn't enough variation in the environments, mm. and where there was um, potential for doing cool parkour tricks, um, like the hitboxes were clunky, so it wasn't very streamlined, and I just. I had so so many high hopes for that video game, and it just wasn't... I want to see Brink done better. Another one for me was um, I really wanted to like um, the, you know, the Tales of series. Yes, uh, I've heard yeah. of them, yeah. Yeah, I got, um, I got the Xbox 360 one because I found it and I had an Xbox 360 and I was really excited because... It had such good reviews and stuff. Mm. Couldn't get on with it at all. <laughs> Just didn't get on with it. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I had I had another one in my head, but it's gone. <laughs> I, I have nothing. I can't think of it. Uh, just trying to think if I've played any other ones that I can bring up. Possibly nothing outside of anything that David Cage has done, and the less said about him, the fucking better, really. Yeah, that's fair. I fully endorse that behaviour. Yeah. I've still got, I've still got sort of this reflective instinct where I feel like I'm not allowed to talk about David Cage because, because one of my, one of my uh, former friends got so upset with me for not liking Heavy Rain that we had to taboo the subject. Oh my goodness. Well, it's ring, also. Ring. Because, oh, it's all. Well, ring, it's also, ring. Someone, George, ring, will you pick? Will you pick up the fucking phone? I'm picking up the phone. Ring, ring. Click. Hello. Oh God. Hello, I was listening live. Long time listener, first time caller. It's me listening oh, live it's a, to your. It's a French accent. It's me, uh, David Cage. <laughs> I was listening. I'm a big fan of Indie Heaven podcast live. Broadcast. No, it's very funny because I, as far as I am aware, I I am David Cage. No, it's me, David Cage. And I feel like you're 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 putting too much of the if a French tone on my accent. And uh, as we all know, I may be a Frenchman, but my accent is not is not a French one. But I rang on. You didn't ring on the phone. So I, I, I know it's, that you're not... It's got, a, it's got a point. David Cage does traditionally ring on the phone. The phone. The one that we've got. It's Yes, it's For me, when David Cage. Cage the I Cage ring on, hotline. I rang on the phone, so I can tell... I You can tell I'm real because I rang on the phone. And David Cage, I heard you talking about okay, me on the podcast. It is the, it is the David Cage phone. I mean, I don't know why he's David Mexican Cage. now. <laughs> it's me, David Cage. I just wanted to say... I'm sad that you don't like my games, Josh. You are my favourite one on the podcast. <laughs> I, 
I've been thinking about you a lot recently, and I have a question to ask on Please, fire away, David. Shoot from the hip, always. Will you marry me? Alright, steady on. I love you, Josh, and I mean, fair enough, but... You know, I... I've got to be honest with you, mate. I don't you, think this is going to work. Because no, you, you know the you you know I mean, those I'm... you know those ring lollipops. It's it's a ring, and the lollipop is a big jewel, and you can lick it, and it tastes nice. And oh, you're going to give me a ring pop? Uh, yes, I got you one for an engagement. Which sounds for the world like ring. a terrible euphemism. I got you one as an engagement. I mean, fundamentally, fundamentally, I don't think this is going to work because I'm forbidden by, via taboo from ever discussing your work, so what are we going what would we even have to talk about? Braiding. I, I, braiding hair. Is braiding. My, is my passion, and Devicage. <laughs> oh, I've got another call. It's, it's, uh, John Cleese is my friend. John Cleese, I know him. <laughs> uh, he's calling. Oh, hello, it's me, John Cleese, and now I'm here too. I sound like this, for real. Yes, John, please, what did you want? Uh, I was about to ask if you would marry me, David Cage. Uh, oh, oh, shit. But I just asked Josh Rivers from Indie Haven to marry me. What oh, will right, I do? I'm Polly, I don't give a fuck. What will I do? Oh, dear, this is a kerfuffle, isn't it? It's an absolute non-dilemma. What the fuck is going on right now? Well, I don't know, but it threatens to go on for another ten minutes if we don't interject. Uh, oh no, don't put the phone down, Josh. We need you. Are they, are they gone? Well, that was a sequence of events that transpired. I was, I was kind of zoned out and just listening to that whole exchange. Yeah, you were very quiet. I feel, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, I feel like you could have talked him down. Mm. I, I just kind of wanted to see how it would play out. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't. Re- I don't really appreciate that attitude. What? Like, I feel. I feel like you're more. If anyone was going to be able to talk David Cage down from whatever the hell that was, it would be. It would be you, Cunningham. The the thing. The thing. You're the Cage Whisperer. The thing is, this is why you're on the podcast. The thing is that this is a podcast. That's true. You're completely excused. No, no. This is a podcast. No, you don't understand. They shouldn't have been able to bring live, knowing what we were talking about on the podcast because it's a podcast that we pre-record. I wouldn't be surprised if Wentworth Miller's set up bugs in my house and has just been renting out the feeds to random game developers. Yep. <laughs> it oh. sounds like something he's done in the past. This is just a tangled web of, of men. It's an intricate web of David Cage and Wentworth Miller and John Cleese. Elodie, where Those can people three. find you on the internet? You, oh, we're done already. You never <laughs> talked about a game. <laughs> because I've only played Call of Duty World at War. <laughs> All right. I can, see, I can see now why you were sympathetic to my question proposition. What a weird <laughs> note to end on. Jesus Christ. Uh, you can oh fuck you... me till I come. 
that does seem that that is that lo- that is the logical conclusion of that action, I suppose. I believe that is generally the arrangement. So I like, I like how uh, indie games that we like and would recommend section ended had up one being... indie game in it. Yeah, had one indie game that's not <laughs> really an indie game anymore. One indie game that's not really an indie game anymore. Games that we did wouldn't recommend. Was the David bit. Cage marrying John Cleese and Call of Duty World at War. Yeah, that was our in- indie game section, so... I want to say for the record, most of it wasn't my fault. I don't think it was any of our faults. I don't... Well, It was, I David, mean, C- it was David Cage and, and John Cleese's fault. I mean, seeing as nobody is immune from cause and effect, there, is, there can be no such thing as free will, so technically it's nobody's fault. The sequence of events that's transpired was the sequence of events that was always going to happen. To say that it's someone's fault implies that it was somehow preventable by one of their actions, and it wasn't, ultimately. You can find me on Twitter, at, at <laughs> yeah, I'd, Kemi I'd Words. Yeah, I'd through that as well. C-H-E-M-Y Words. Um, and I don't really do anything there, but you can follow me. <laughs> um, and just you can also, it. just, you can find me at patreon.com slash Kemi Words. Um, and pay me money, please. <laughs> I, I, oh, right. I got, that's not the end of it. I just got so distracted by the way I said please that I just stopped. Um, yeah. yeah it, did sound, it did kind of sound like you just wrapped it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you, I broke the theme music. You can find that at chemicalwordsmith.bandcamp.com. And I write for Indie Haven as well, and I wrote that uh, review for Ukulele, which spoiler, I gave 8 out of 10, which I've already mentioned during the podcast, so kind of, the spoiler for it is... And as we all know, that the score is the only bit that anyone ever pays attention to. To be honest. So, I mean, really, you've given away the only bit that anybody would click on the review for. Although it does show the review score on the, um, the picture on the site as well. Yeah, but if we hadn't told them that, they might not have noticed. Yeah, um, I think that's all of my things. George? Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Jaffemeister. That's J-A-F-F-A-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. You can also go to Jaffemeister.com to not only view all my content, but also read um, uh, site-specific content. Um... Uh, which follows the slogan violently mashing communism into video games until I can talk about how it makes sense. So you can read fancy little communist features there um, about me talking about video games and how communism is involved. Communism. 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 Um, I'm the editor-in-chief of Indie Haven. Um, It's that site, what this podcast is for, that you're listening to right now. Um, So go look at all the awesome things. Uh, I am also the uh, the co-host of the Gameographers. Um, keep your eyes peeled for more things to do with that soon. Go to nice. at Gameographers underscore uh, on Twitter. Have a look at that. Yeah, um, and also listen cryptic. to the podcast that me and you do as well. Real yeah, Heroes, I was which just should, getting onto that. Be just getting back. onto that. No, it's just that I forgot to mention it. It's all right. It's all right. I was going to have it covered. Uh, Elodie and I do a um, a podcast called The Real Heroes, where we talk about the real heroes of gaming. So, you know, 
big popular franchises with the big main characters, you know, maybe the main characters aren't the most important characters. And Ellie and I explore that whilst also talking about fruit and Griffrey's fur animals, Welsh indie pop band Super Fur Animals. Um, um, you can also um, go to patreon.com forward slash Jathmeister uh, if you want to throw money so that I can um, slowly um, spread communist propaganda in the form of video game critique. Um, While you were talking um, about communism the first bit, when you were talking about it, I really mm -hmm. wanted to lightly sing that communist song that's good, the, the, the one that's kind of nice to listen to that I can't remember its name. Um, I wanted to lightly sing it in the background, but the only song that I could think of was the Fire Emblem theme, which isn't the same. Is it um, Hoops with Fidel? No, no, no. Well, that oh. is a good song by Griffith from the Super Fire Animals Welsh and Cop Band Super Fire Animals. But um, I mean the the one that's um, the actual one that communists made. Um, the the orchestral one. There's a. The, the all of the Red Army Choir songs are orchestral. Yeah, but like the um, um, the really the one that you hear it and you're like, ah, oh, it's the communist song. The USSR national anthem. No, it's different than that. Um, Cora Bikini. Mm, don't the song so. that the Tetris theme was based on. No, it's not that one. Uh, um, the, my Army. The, the in international. Yeah? La International. Yeah, that one. It's okay, I'll wait for you to finish before I do my fucking self-promotion. Uh, right, Josh. <laughs> Where can people find you quite on the done, internet? Right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JamTyrant. Generally being uh, YouTube, the, abom the Abominable Showman. There, nearly flubbed the name, that would have been Tragic, and also I obviously write for Indie Haven. I swear there's gonna be a piece up soon. I've had to scrap the last two that I did because mm. uh, my brain's bad. Hey, it's but okay. This what this one feels like. It's actually going somewhere, although it's you might want you might want to strap yourselves in because I've written it while on the same pain medication that I've been on throughout this <laughs> podcast. I should have a fun time taking a look at that. So I'm pretty much just doing it for the sake of my own catharsis at that point. It's all good. So all good. It, it should be good. Hopefully it'll at least be fun. Yeah. Uh, and I do, you know, I do try not to take myself too seriously anyway when I do these things, because... I just think people shouldn't take themselves that seriously. Like when you take yourself seriously, you really just run the risk of other people trying to tear you down for it. So I just don't Indeed. bother. I just take all the pills and then just write about stuff. Uh, a philosophy to I feel like at this point, there's something I've not really addressed throughout all of this, and I know that a lot of the listeners are going to be sat at home on the bus wherever they listen to these podcasts, thinking well, that's all very well and good, Josh. But when are you going to talk about the thing that we're all waiting for? I want, at this point, to make a joke about how I still can't stop thinking about the Power Rangers. <laughs> but I've got to be honest, I've stopped thinking about the Power Rangers. 
Uh, oh my god, character development. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's a whole little arc I'm having at the minute. I thought I'd be unable to stop thinking about the Power Rangers I'm proud for of a year, at <laughs> least. Luckily, that only but intersected as it with two out, episodes of the podcast. As it turns out, really easy to forget about. <laughs> So there you are with three episodes in, and I've already forgotten about the Power Rangers. It's okay. It just goes. It just goes to show you can't predict what life is going to throw at you. Uh, Just before we hop out with Nan advice, um, I just want to mention quickly that um, uh, Podhaven is my little baby, and we are working very hard on getting it on track we're only just starting none of us have done a podcast network before and um so just look out for more interesting mm, stuff gonna, coming there's going to be more stuff yeah. on the way more regular stuff for the stuff we're already producing and um it's this whole empire we're trying to figure out in what is unfortunately certainly the scariest period of human history I've ever lived through <laughs> Yeah, speaking from a position of authority with this whole website that we're on and everything, um, if you could see the behind the scenes that LED is doing, trying to get this network sorted out, trying to get a regular recording schedule for people sorted out, she's fucking brilliant. She's doing a fantastic Mm. job. A lot of, I'll I'll be honest, a lot of um, the reason why it's not really going anywhere at the moment is um, admin issues, uh, and and a lot of that is is me being a piece of shit, basically. Um, (laughs) LED is doing a fucking tremendous job, and we have a lot, oh, fucking hell, not the microphone. Um, We have, yeah, (laughs) we have um, a lot of really exciting, uh, really, really exciting stuff on its mm. way. Uh, a lot of a concepts lot of is... that I'm really looking forward to see being a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it is down to LED organising this all. Um, like, Podhaven was our idea. Podhaven is her baby. And, um, yeah. Thanks. Round of applause, everyone. Yeah. Every, I, give I can't do crap. it now. It's like midnight. <laughs> the walls are paper thin. That's um... fine. Uh, one one step that we have taken that is is going to be a new thing for just this is the first time it's going to appear I think mm-hmm. uh, um, is that we got a a little opening and ending thing that tells you you're listening to Podhaven that um Ooh. a uh, friend of mine who is a stage actor and is getting into um voice acting he was very talented called Andrew Jones did for us and I just just love thank you to him thank you thank you Andrew Jones um and yeah I think I think that's I think that's about everything I wanted to say alright look out for good cool. stuff in the future um so you you've got you've got something to tell us you got your advice Josh yeah well we're closing out now on a little pearl of wisdom. Now we have a lot of fun on this show talking about spiders, but this <laughs> this 
<laughs> did you forget about the spiders, George? <laughs> how how could you? This this Easter we could have another Easter, right? What's, what's the next big holiday? Easter, it's okay. fine. Just say Easter. No, keep the... it rolling. Keep it yeah, going, should we ju- should we just go with it? E- right, this yeah, Easter, do another one. Get a big egg. This Easter, on the subject of spiders, turn your attention to the spiders without. All right. Because the spiders without are the spiders within. And the spiders that doubt are the spiders that sin? Yeah, the point is that there's spiders in your nan right now. It's not all about your nan. No, it is all about your nan and there's spiders in her. Please take her to the hospital. That's that's no. the, the really serious thing you need to do is take your nan to the hospital because she's literally burgeoning with spiders. Get the thanks spiders taken the out of your nan this Easter. Guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Um, see ya. George and I express, expressing very different sentiments at the end there. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, sorry for this mess. Bless this mess. Poe body's nothing. Bye. Shit. Thanks for listening to Podhaven.